Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Diana Lockett, international and best-selling author, transformational speaker, communication consultant, and conscious executive leadership coach. Hey, Diana, welcome to the show. Mm, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. My entire system is lit up from our pre-conversation and I'm ready to go. Yeah, we've been chatting away offline already and it's like crumbs. Let's press the cord. Let's share this with the world. So, hey, first of all, could you just guide us through you? Where are you with your business today and who do you love to work with? Mm, thank you so much. So I love to work with leaders and I love to work with leaders who are wanting to bring more consciousness kindness, productivity, and cooperation into their environments. Now, I also have a belief that we're all leaders. And the question is, what are we leading in any moment? So every moment we have an opportunity to lead and self-govern ourselves. What are you putting in your body? What are you doing with your body? How are you creating your thoughts? All those things. And then the people that I work with typically are guiding their managers or CEOs, and they're working in organizations. But my big focus this year is on education. I worked in education for 32 years as a speech language pathologist. I was a consultant and worked with many, many leaders in that role. And my impact this year is to help 2 million kids. That's my my mission is to impact 2 million kids to be able to feel better, to relax their systems so that they could have greater learning opportunities. Because when kids are bringing their backpacks of stress into school, it prevents their ability to learn. This is just science, this is not woo-woo. And so I work with teachers, secretaries, administrators across Canada and the US to be able to learn that, first of all, the science of self-regulation and the nervous system stress and tension, the responsibility that they have to be able to understand that, work through it and change it so that they could become co-regulators for the children with my greatest request that no adult ever say to a kid, calm down, take a breath. Instead, I want the adults to calm down and take a breath. I'm going to stop you right there. I, mm-hmm. I don't know whether we've got an applause button here, but that that is what it's all about. We as entrepreneurs, as adults, we haven't been taught how to regulate our nerve system, how to manage our emotions, how to reframe or understand the thoughts, the reactions that we have. So all of that stuff is, we're not taught this in school. Mm-hmm. Damn it, we should be. We yeah. should be taught the things that actually help us. But, mm. and that's why so many of us you know, become entrepreneurs and then struggle through the fears, the doubts, the overwhelm, the guilt, all these things. And yeah, there's a lot of woo in that, but there's an awful lot of science in controlling this physical 
body that we have. So the way you frame that and what you're doing, I hope you impact so many more than just that. It's incredible. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. And I want to, I want to just affirm here, hearing you say it's, it's science. It is absolutely science. And science is the way that I get in the door. I give the science. I'm, I'm a neuroscience geek. I've been studying this stuff for 25 years. I've been practicing it for 25 years. And the research is consistently coming out and supporting the science of the neurophysiology and the impact that it has on thoughts from our thoughts, rather, from the stress, from the tension, from the unprocessed tension, from generational tension, let's put it all together and let's just call it, our systems are stressed, our world is stressed and nobody is teaching how to manage that. And we have sometimes situations where like even in schools, the, there might be someone that comes in and, and talks about it, but nobody gets to actually physically experience it and then experience it in the presence of others. So there's a relational component to what I do that really helps to deepen the relaxation on the nervous system, which then opens up the portal to our genius mind, which then leads to greater collaboration, cooperation, relations, all education, all of those things. My program is called Regulate to, to Communicate, and it has seven pillars of which cooperate, cooperate, relate, educate, a bunch of other pillars as well. So this mission, I can't do it alone. If anyone has someone that they want to introduce me to that's in a school system, an introduction is all I need to be able to share this information with the powers that be that can really make a difference. And I really feel like, like we can't ignore this stuff anymore because we know, like we didn't know 30 years ago as much, but now we know we know the impact of stress on learning. We know the impact of stress on relationships. We know the impact of stress on our bodies. The stress on the business owner. Businesses yeah. go out of business. Entrepreneurs fail because we can't cope with the roller coaster, with the wave of emotions. Try making a decision when you're yeah. in an emotional state. It will yeah. not be the right thing. Yet, time and time again, we all find ourselves, you included, we all yeah. find ourselves in that place. It's about how we, huh, it's how we catch ourselves in the moment through all the lessons that you have. And one more little side note I've got for you there is um, yeah, the woo. It's just science that hasn't been proven yet. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, and no, there is no woo in what I do. I mean, relation, relating to people is not woo. It's called relating. And breathwork is not woo. It's called science. It's called the, like taking in oxygen and, and relaxing the nervous system. Like I just, it's not woo anymore. And yet, you know, I am a yoga teacher trainer. I am a mindfulness and meditation teacher. So People would call that the woo, but again, it's not woo. It's all science. Mm. And in terms of businesses, in 2017, I was on a Mind Valley stage in a speaking competition. And my purpose, my mission at that point was to be able to provide opportunities for entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, particularly to be able to relax their nervous systems, recognize what stories they're running that is creating dis-ease or disease in their bodies and help them through that journey. And the research that I brought forth was that by year three, most businesses will go out of business because of stress and tension and inability to regulate the nervous system or the emotions. 75% of relationships at that time were impacted when one of the couple went into entrepreneurship. It's devastating what's happening in the world today. And I've lived through it with a marriage breakup due to an entrepreneur who was unwilling and unable, let's just say he didn't have the capacity at that moment to work through his stuff, to be able to relate in a way 
that was healthier outside of the workplace and even in the workplace. So Let's we've gone through it. Just briefly, if you don't mind, because that right there is such a core challenge that uh, entrepreneurs, agency owners, consultants, all of us who do some amazing work, and mainly it's a passion project. We know what we do, but as we start, probably through this, our missions, the passions become a little bit sort of people-pleasing. I want to over-deliver. All these traits come through. However, at what cost? Because it is yeah. so easy to overwork, work all the evenings, focus on this, bring your stress home. But you don't focus on the things that truly, truly matter. So with every yes, a client, an employer that needs you, there may be a no, your partner, your yeah. children, yeah. yourself, your own health. So it's yeah. how to have that awareness of, yes, build your empire. Fuck yes, absolutely. However, mm. there is the entirety. And thank you for bringing that up because that's a huge part. So having lived through it yourself, Mm-hmm. what i'm going to jump through to present day by going through what you've been through in that particular aspect how does that allow you to show up and work and do all the things you do because i listed a number of things and there's even more things that you do behind the scenes yeah how's that balance for you yeah so because i've been in personal and spiritual growth practices for 25 years. It's part of my daily routine. But I'm going to say that in 2013, I had four businesses that closed one after the other, one door after the other, a sacred door closed. And I had to, I had to go through a personal bankruptcy. And my businesses were attached to my personal assets. And I lost um, rental properties, my personal home, my vehicles, my retirement funds, everything. And it took me a few months to be able to remember the practices that I committed to before and that I commit to now because I was I was really in a state of depression and despair. And it was when I remembered my practices that I was able to move through. And so these are practices today that are non-negotiables for me. Like every morning, I don't pick up my phone and read the news or read messages. The research shows that when we do that at eight in the morning, by four in the afternoon, we have elevated levels of cortisol or stress hormones. So the morning, when your body is the most, um, has a natural elevated levels of cortisol, that's what wakes us up. It's really important to do practices that are gonna help to sustain you throughout your day. So for any entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, meditation, you know, can't say enough about that, breath work, movement, um, visualization, journaling, all those practices. Again, there's nothing woo-woo about that. This is what the science is showing us is that we need to do these before we move through our day. The other thing that I do throughout my day, and these are non-negotiables, is I take breaks and I take movement breaks throughout my day. I don't sit in front of my computer for more than two or three hours at a time. And I saw a post yesterday that said something about let's promote the 50 minute meeting so that every hour you have 10 minutes to get up and move your body. Moving the body is essential to move stress, to move energy, to create energy. Mm. And so these are practices that are, you know, my book talks a lot about the practices that I do and that I've done and that I teach people that are so important. And then you know, there's always going to be more work, always. But if you wait to relate to the people that are most important to you till tomorrow, it will always happen tomorrow. Now, there we are. As an entrepreneur, it's the money, 
plays yeah. a lot. And we're in business. Money is a huge part. Let's let's not be about money. Is great. Money is amazing. It's a resource yeah. that you use. It's why you're in business. If it's not a business, it's a hobby. However, yeah. time, time is the most important resource that we will ever have because this is the one thing that you ain't getting back. So yeah. this is why it's so tough with this work-life balance. But as you said, being able to have those relationships. And I want to just touch on one thing with your, your routines. Yes, all of these routines are good. They are absolutely science-backed. You can see all the literature. All the research says why each one is good. Find the right thing for you personally. We all have different cycles we go through. There's a slightly different nuance to us all. There's a base level, and it's finding what's right for you. So don't get caught up if one thing doesn't work. It's all good and well saying have 10, 50 minutes every hour to do something. Sometimes it's not, it's not going to work, not all the time. But being forgiveness, making a slight change, as, as I'm sure you teach, even that's better than, so you don't have to be so anal about it and be so yeah. perfect. Yeah. Make those improvements. Yeah. Help yourself. Yeah. Then you'll start to see this, these shifts. That's what it's all about. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I always say lean into the change. Just lean into it. You don't have to jump in with two feet. Lean into something different because what I write in my book is nothing changes until something changes. So if you're feeling crappy, if your relationships are suffering, if you're not seeing the productivity that you want for your work, if you're not feeling good about your, your bank account, something has to change, right? And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to work more, but maybe you do. Maybe there has to be more structure. Yeah. You just said it. It's like all these things aren't working. What's the obvious answer? Work more, work harder, do more, do different. It's like, what if, what if it was no work less? What if it's feel better? Yes. I mean, so many entrepreneurs out there must be, you know, when you're stressed, when you're hustled, when you're grinding away, isn't it fantastic that sales calls seem to drop, clients seem to leave, things don't go according to plan, technology doesn't work. But when you're in flow, when you're in more of you, when you're enjoying, come back to play magically. Mm. And this is where it comes mm. woo. You can't prove yes, this. Yes. Magically, things start to drop out of, out of the sky and things happen, opportunities. That's where the fun comes in. So great There is point. science to back that up. And that's called being in the flow. And we see athletes who do meditation or visualizations, and they get on the court or they get on the field and they're in the flow. This is the same flow that we can access as entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or consultants or whatever your business is. You can get in the flow, but the flow does not come when you're pushing with stress. I'm not saying that there aren't times like when I was writing my book and it was met with tragedy at the end, I can share in a moment. I was up till 2 a.m., to get that book launched on time. It was not what I planned. I had no control over it if I wanted to meet my launch time. And yet somebody is knocking next door. That's so bizarre. So sorry about that. So the um, I just had to do that. I had to do that. And then I took a couple of days to recover because it was really hard on my system to go without sleep. Yeah. And I could not be in the flow and do the work that I wanted to do when I was feeling tired and stressed like that. So I had to do something to do a reset. And then I did. There is a time you can't just manifest and things come in. There is manifestation and then there is action. There is a yeah. time to have, have some hustle there. Of course there is. It's yeah. finding that, that balance. And then I said, yeah. taking care of yourself afterwards. So, Hey, look, tell me about this book. Come on, let's hear all about it. <laughs> 
crazy, crazy book this is. The Call to Freedom, Heal Your Pain, Awaken Your Loving Presence. This is a seven-year journey that I started planning in 2014. And at the time, I had just come through my bankruptcies. I was starting to see the light again. I was starting to feel inspired again. I was starting to co-create some reality. I had this really shitty little house that rained in it and it leaked. It, like it was awful. The bank didn't take it in the bankruptcy because it was worth so little. They didn't want the problem of it. Even they left it. Oh my God. Even gosh. they left it, which was my blessing, truly my blessing. So because it was a rental property. And a year and a half later, I won an HGTV home renovation and they fixed all the problems in the house. And I consider myself a very powerful, someone gave me this term a few weeks ago, woman, woman faster, woman faster, not a manifester, manifester, but a woman faster. I'm a woman faster. And I manifested or woman fested this and won this reality show that fixed my everything in my house. And it became a really great healing space for me. And as I was doing that, I thought about this book that I wanted to write. And the book was going to be called The Universe Has Your Back. Have you heard of that book? Mm -hmm. Gabby Bernstein published that book. Absolutely. She needed to publish that book. It had to be hers. And so I went back to square one. What is my book going to be? I didn't actually have the title until it was completed um, about four months ago. But I wrote for seven years, not knowing why it was taking so long. There were days that I wanted to sit down. I wanted to write in the breaks that I had. My writing time is early morning. You talk about being in the flow. That was my writing time. And I could sit in bed and write for three or four hours. And I would not, like nothing could stop me from writing when I was in the flow. I get it. Mm. And then um, my my uh, book would stop for a bit. I would stop writing and I would try to force it, but it I couldn't. It just wasn't, there wasn't inspiration. I couldn't get it done. Eventually I got it done. January finished it, created my team, my launch team. I self-published, but I have a team that supported me. And the beautiful cover that you see and the colors and all of that is a book designer who creates that. And she creates all the beautiful interior. The book was two and a half weeks from launching, had 17 edits to do. And my book designer perished in a fire in Montreal. Wow. And she was a friend. And she was a client of mine. I did business coaching with her and she was a colleague. And so the day that I found out, I, 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 I was shocked, of course, I was in disbelief, but this wasn't about me. This was about her and her family. And then there was a part of me that also was very complicated because I was feeling the grief and I was feeling this complicated piece about what do I do with my book? Mm. I don't know how to get this corrected. I don't know how to access these files. I don't know if we're going to launch. Maybe we're not going to launch. And so at the beginning of our talk before we recorded, the question was, what am I feeling right now? Or what am I longing to feel? And there's a part of me, it's still very complicated because my book launched on April 1st. We went ahead with the launch. I got her family's permission. We launched on April 1st. We dedicated it to her. She's from Pakistan. Proceeds of my book are going to an organization in Pakistan to be able to support ending child marriages and equitable rights for women, creating equitable rights for women in health and education. And we launched and within 24 hours, it went number one bestseller in spiritual growth and self-help, which means a lot to me, inner child, parenting emotions and feelings. And then for literally a microsecond, it went bestseller in the category of grief. And the, re the reviews have been really overwhelming. I sat in bed on that Sunday morning and cried reading the reviews because 
I wrote this book without any expectations. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't even think about what might happen. I just knew that it had to be written and then it had to be launched. And we made it launch despite the grief and the complications. But I'm still sitting here in a state of, I feel that I should feel relieved that it's launched, but I don't really feel the relief yet because I'm still in the complicated emotions of this book and not sure what's going to come of it. Beautiful. That, <laughs> we talk about roller coasters on this podcast. Yeah. That is a roller coaster. There are so many emotions involved there. So many yes. things out of your control. Yeah. Um, but it's beautiful what's what's come from this and mm. the help that you can you can give, the the way it's been received from, from the world. Stunning. Yeah. So you said about you know, offline, it was it, it feels like a bit of relief. You're, you're, you're waiting for what, what to do with this relief or, or when will it come or all these emotions that come with this. It's been a long journey. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's been a long journey. Yeah. And I could not have written it sooner as I, Rick, as I sat back in January and completed it. The last four chapters were about the last three years, which was very grief filled for me. People have to read it to figure that out, to, to understand that. And my, my story comes with a lot of trauma as many people's do. Mm. And, um, I couldn't have written it sooner, but to have it end that way, it's complicated is the word that comes to mind. And I don't feel this exuberant, oh my gosh, my book is launched. It's number one. Yay, yay, yay. It's just, I'm not there yet. I'm I'm quietly open to receive what's meant to come from it. I feel like the book has its own energetic imprint or heart print in the world right now. And it's going to do what it's going to do. And I don't feel like I need to force it. I don't feel like I need to plan tons with it. There's some great things that have come from it. And the fact that it's it's meeting people where they need to be met, I'm really proud about that. I'm, pride is probably the biggest experience that I have right now in terms of the emotional ranges. But there is that piece of like, when will I just drop my shoulders and say, wow, it's done. I don't know that that's there yet. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What what are you holding on to? What do you mm -hmm. feel like you can't quite let go of? I mean, we talk about the immune system. We talk about trauma. Mm -hmm. There's something that you're holding on to with this. Whether you can grasp it, whether or not, whether you can get a feeling or a flavor of it. Mm -hmm. What comes to mind straight up without mm -hmm. overthinking? You know, I think it's I think it's the grief and and the um, I know this is it because it's bringing up tears. It's the loss, right? It's like another loss in my life. And I know as a as a spiritual coach and mentor, I know that when we touch the portal of grief, it opens up all the unprocessed grief. And I've processed grief consciously with loving presence, very intentionally for the last well for two years, twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. And you can read the book to find out how I did that. But it was a really intentional relationship with grief as a friend. And I think the way that this kind of like it was such a shock, it was like I just my my grief, my heart was assaulted with this news. And then there's a part of me. What am I holding on to? This is not about me. This is a woman who lost her life. And how dare I make it about me? And so there's that that again, that complication. I don't want to make it about me but I'm experiencing this right now. 
So what am I holding on to? I think it's those complicated feelings of my mind says, no, it's not about me. Don't make it about me. But my heart is really feeling it. I want to honor that and also hold space for you're on the Unforget Yourself podcast. This is Mm. the Unforget Yourself show. Okay, Mm. You know, the name drew you in as so many people. It's like that means something different to a lot of people with you. It's not about me. And lovingly whether we're talking about your experience or business owners listening at home it's like it has everything to do with you there is nothing more important than you mm-hmm. not selfish no without you none of those children could get help without you the charities in pakistan won't get what they need without you people reading a book won't get the the nuggets the advice or the massive shifts that they need so Yes, you're an international bestseller, transformational speaker, consultant, executive leadership coach. You are your pattern has been to hold on so tight. You admitted that earlier. I did. I I lived so much of my life with my fists grasped, trying to control life, and I have a whole chapter on surrendered presence, and it's a practice for me. And I will let you know that as you spoke there, the longing that I had to relax my shoulders and my skin came. The longing or the actual feeling? The the feeling, the, the longing for that feeling, the feeling, I experienced the feeling. Yeah, I experienced the release, the relief and the release. And thank you. You know, I know this stuff. I mean, my chapter 13 is called, You Are Me Lovingly Disguised as You. And yet I was holding on to this so tightly. And so thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. You, you like so many other amazing coaches, spoiler, just like me. Okay. You yes. know too much. That's yeah. why I said yeah, you're holding, I think you're still holding on because you know so much, you mm-hmm. teach so much, you know what the right answer is. You know about the layers of grief and what you've been holding on to in the past. There is a level of boilerplate. You know what the coach's answer is. If you are able to be that touch more, Ah, oh, yourself away from being a coach. Speak openly, say the wrong words, feel the right feelings. Even if they're the wrong feelings, and it's like, I shouldn't, it's okay. We know too much. You know too much. You can self-mentor, but you've got the protection layer up. So I invite you to be able to be more raw, mm. be more open. Mm. Fuck what you think needs to be said. Mm. It might go against some of your coaching principles. I think that's okay. Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. And I don't even know if it goes against my coaching principles, but it goes against um, some of my conditioned programming that I'm aware now as we're talking through this is still running. Yeah. Ooh, what, what's coming up? The, you know, if I make it about me, what are people going to think? I don't want to be that person that capitalizes on somebody's loss. Mm. Right. That's the programming. And so the remembrance that it's in a way it's, it's, I mean, it is about me and it's not about me and it's just like me. And all of those things is so true. Like all of those things are happening simultaneously. (laughs) Yeah. And it sucks. I mean, it sucks. It was a very painful way to launch a book. And one day I might look back 
and think it was the exact right way to launch a book, but I'm not there yet. It sounds like a painful journey throughout seven years. Yeah. There's an awful lot that went into this. It's yeah. almost like the universe was chugging, steaming yeah. to get this book out. When is the right time? And you know what? Maybe this is a way to wrap, wrap your podcast episode in, in a beautiful bow. Mm. When is the right time? Hey, everyone listening. Never. There's never the right time. So for you personally, and this may be a, a part of your story, there is never the right time. And with your journey here, it actually happened at the absolute worst time. Mm. A nod and a wink from the universe to say, yeah, look, we got it done. Mm -hmm. it's part it's part of it but unforget mm -hmm. yourself your happiness matters you just kind of forgot along the way yeah that's okay yeah yeah thank you mm -hmm. Diana thank thank you so much for sharing um so openly your your journey as you've you've gone through so much launched your book become the inspirational speaker that you are help so many people and also openly yeah, we are all going through different things. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're never going to not because we have goals, lofty goals. You have a mission. Oh my gosh. Good luck with your mission. Two million kids this year. Contact me if you know an administrator in a school or a teacher that's willing to do things differently because we have yes, to. Yes, please. So look, if anyone wants to, first of all, buy your book to get in touch, where can they buy a book? Where can they find you online? Yeah, so the book is currently on Amazon. So part of our struggle has been getting it on um, Ingram Sparks, which is the distribution site for stores and stuff. They're not approving some of my fonts right now because they were Danya's fonts. And so we're still working through that. Um, but it is available on Amazon. Phew. There is a podcast available or an Audible as well available. I tried to record the Audible in my sound studio, aka my bathroom, and that the app, <laughs> the app that I used, which was an AI app that sounded brilliant, didn't do a great job. So at the last minute, I did have to hire someone else. And the Audible is really quick. It's four and a half hours. And people are telling me the book is a really quick read as well. So the call to freedom, heal your pain, awaken your loving presence. My website is dianalockett.com. So it's my name.com. And you can see the various programs that I offer. Um, I have a retreat in Italy in August. I am a retreat facilitator and a circle facilitator. So I look forward to that if anyone wants to come to Italy. And yeah, I'm really grateful for the opportunity, not just to be here, um, which was incredibly um, a blessed opportunity for me in your presence. I feel very seen, um, very understood and very right now in touch with all parts of me. So thank you. You are so, so welcome. Thank, mm -hmm. thank you for being here. Thank you for being vulnerable and thank you for sharing. So anyone, if you're interested or curious, go check out the book, yeah. go check out Diana. And if you want to help with the mission, just reach out. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so 
please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.